Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever wanna have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. So it was just creating such a weight on my shoulders. And this one lesson and this one learning was able to really help me to become not only a better business person, but a better leader, a better manager of people, and also help people around me to perform better. And so I think this is important, not only if you're a business owner, a manager or a leader, but also if you're a parent or you like helping others. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where we talk about how to get the best out of yourself and how to build a life that you can't wait to get out of bed and live each day. This podcast is my attempt at documenting my journey, sharing my insights and what I've learned from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to some of the country's top athletes, rich listers, entrepreneurs, and running events for tens of thousands of people on how to better themselves and those around them. This is for those driven to achieve more in life, but are often underestimated by those around them. This podcast is my attempt at helping you prove your doubters wrong. Please enjoy. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, I wanna to talk about something that's really important only because I had to teach this today to my team. And it was something that I had Jess come to me and she was a bit upset and frustrated because she felt like she had so much pressure on her shoulders. You know, we have a team full of people come to work every day that we want to help get the best for their lives as well as our own and what we're trying to achieve and what the company's trying to achieve. And so Jess is massively overwhelmed. She's sort of a bit stressed out. And she said, you know, I've got all this pressure on my shoulders. I've been working for almost two months straight without like a proper weekend off. We worked right through Christmas time. We worked through the new year break. You know, we did have Christmas day off and that was about it. We haven't really had any weekends off. We'll have a little bit of time. I won't say off, but we'll be doing stuff around the house or whatever. And so she's a little bit burnt out. And I thought this is the perfect opportunity to teach her something. And it's a lesson that most people need to learn, especially if they feel really overwhelmed, really stressed out. They feel like the weight of the world's on their shoulders. And so the way that all this came about was that there was just a lot of work that Jess had on and the priorities were just stacking up. And Jess is normally pretty good with prioritizing her time based on a lot of the stuff that I teach. But I could tell that there was something else underlying. And I gave her this learning, which has helped me a lot in my own life to be a better manager and to delegate stuff and to also lead people better. But it's also something that really helps other people around you to grow. And what this is, is this is about responsibility and what accountability really is. And it's something that no one really talks about in regards to accountability and responsibility. And that is this one simple principle that things tend to grow the most at the borderline of support and challenge. Now, if you look at a child, if a child is over-challenged and they feel like they can't win, they'll want to give up. And so there are a lot of people in our society that when they are over-challenged and they feel too much pressure, they'll want to give up. So they'll just want to quit, they will want to avoid doing work. They'll want to avoid doing whatever it is that they want to do. So everybody's probably gone through this at some point where you just feel there's too much pressure on your shoulders and you go, fuck it, I just want to give up. This is bullshit. I don't know how to deal with this. But on the other hand, you've got over support. Now, when someone is over supported, if you imagine a rich child and the rich child is born into a very wealthy family, the wealthy family has a nanny. They have everything at their feet. The child goes to school. The child gets the best of everything, the best education, the best teachers. They fuck around at school. 
They end up getting a tutor that comes along and does all this stuff. You know, their parents do everything they can for them and just throw money at the child. Over time, what will happen is that child then becomes over-supported. Now, this has happened, and probably in the most significant generation of children that this has happened in, in my lifetime and that I've seen it happen with, is probably millennials. Now, not all millennials are like this, but every generation from the baby boom era, especially World War One and World War Two. I mean, if we go back a couple of hundred years, let's say 200 years, most people lived in poverty. There wasn't a lot of money. You had to live off of a government regime, whether that be a monarchy or whether it be a dictator. And we were essentially just slaves. We were told what to do and what not to do. And, you know, slavery has happened for a long, long time. You know, it's not just related to a certain color or a certain race of individuals. I mean, if you go back to, you know, king and queen days, most people just work just to survive. And if you were a stonemason, then your kids would probably, if you had boys, they would grow up to be stonemason and your daughters would get married to somebody else in the same class. And then you just have another generation of kids. That's how life was for most people. Now, if you're a historian, you can probably debate me on this, but I'm just using it as a basic example. Then as World War One and World War II came along and probably late 1800s, living conditions sort of changed slowly and slightly. And then World War One, World War II comes along. We have more of the industrialized era and it was pretty tough. Like listening to my grandparents talk about growing up in the depression and having to go through those times where you had to save everything. You know, if my grandpa, if he had a spare glass jar, like if he used Vegemite or jam, he would keep that jar and he would put it in the shed because he'd use it later. And if he had clothes, he would use them for something else. Like when his clothes would rip, he would make rags out of it and then they would wash the rags and use them for cleaning and stuff like that around the house or cleaning parts of the car or whatever. And then they would wash them again because for them, reusing things was really important because they grew up in an era of not having a lot, having to make the best of everything. They didn't tend to throw anything away. And so for both my grandparents growing up, when you walk out into this shed, it was just full of shit because they would just keep everything. And that was because of the time that they grew up in. Then you end up having, you know, the Gen Xs and the Gen Xs come along and they still have a bit of that safety. And these are, you know, people right now in their mid 40s up to mid 50s. So the Gen Xs, they're sort of my parents' era. They come along and they realize that the way of living of their parents isn't the most safe and most effective way to live life because they didn't have to go through a war era. Now they may have gone through Vietnam, maybe a little bit of that, but not too much. Like my parents were born in, you know, the 60s. And so that's sort of the era that they were in. So they wouldn't have remembered Vietnam too much from being kids. So they had a lot more safety, a lot more security. And so they tended to get support a little bit more. And normally every generation tries to make the generation a little bit better by giving things to their children that they didn't perceive that they had in their generation or when they grew up. So the Gen X generation are normally a little bit more, not as frugal with their spending. They are a little bit more sloppy with their spending. They tend to live a little bit more in the moment, but they also still have that need to just want to make sure that things last. They take care of things a little bit better and so on. Then you've got Gen Ys, which is my generation. And I got brought up never around any war. The only war I remember was the Iraq war in the 90s. And then you also have the Twin Tower collapse, you know, September 11 and so on. And, you know, a little bit of terrorism stuff, but it never really affected me too much here in Australia. Not really at all. So I grew up fairly safe. My parents had money. They worked reasonably well. I mean, we had a, a house. I was able to go to school. All of those things that most people would have in our country, in our society. Now, that doesn't mean that my parents were rich, that we weren't. You know, my parents couldn't afford basketball shoes for me when I played basketball. Compared to the other kids that I went to school with, my parents didn't have a lot of money. But we probably had more money than some people out there who really struggled to even eat food. Like, there was always food on the table at our house. And we were always able to go on a holiday. It wasn't a luxury holiday. It was essentially a tent and however we could do it cheap. Like, whatever food we could take, 
from home cheap. We would still go on holidays, but they were, you know, would go camping in the middle of Australia when it was hot as shit in a tent. And, you know, you'd go like for four or five days with no sleep because I just couldn't fall asleep because it was so fucking hot in the tent. That was just how I grew up. So my parents made the best of every situation. So they were a bit more relaxed on me than what their parents were on them. And now you've got millennials as they sort of come along. So that's the next generation. They've really had no pressure, no stress back in my day or back in my parents' day or even my grandparents' day. If you fucked around at school and your parents found out about it because a teacher told your parents, your parents would come along and kick the shit out of you for fucking around at school because that was your way out of poverty by being good at it and having a good education. So then you've got now, if you go through the generations up to millennials now and even Gen Zs, where now if you fuck around at school, it's a teacher's fault. And so parents come and they ring the teacher for being a shit teacher and for not holding their kids accountable. But at the same time, the teachers can't do anything because they get in trouble. And so we've been in this society of victimization and blaming because there's no real challenges in society. So in Western society, we create our own fucking challenges. There aren't really any. Like in this day and age, especially in Australia, we haven't had a recession for the longest period of time in history. So we haven't had a big downwards trending market. Most people have never really had bad interest rates since the 80s, maybe the 90s. Everything has been easy. So now people just get on social media and they go, look how shit this guy's driving is. And that's like the worst fucking thing that happens in their life. Or they go, oh, look how this dickhead parked. Or look at this fucking idiot. Look at their haircut and look at what they're wearing. And so we've just got this stupidity in our society of people creating challenge because they don't really have any real challenge. Like these days, someone mispronouncing a person's name is something that's traumatizing for a generation of individuals. You've got people that now there's all this stuff about pronouns. Like if you mislabel someone, as a male or a female or a zen, zer, all of these pronouns, if you mislabel someone, that's classified as trauma and it can be classified as sexism or racism or bigotry. And so there's all these labels getting thrown around because when humans don't have challenge, they will create their own challenges and those challenges most of the time are bullshit. And so optimum growth happens at the borderline of challenge and support. So people who are over-supported create their own challenges because they have to in order to grow. And so we've got a society right now where victimization is huge. Why? Because the victimization that happens in most westernized countries is minimal compared to the shit that happens over in third world countries. It's crazy. Like if you go and live in a third world country or you go to a war-torn country, the shit that they have to deal with and go through on a daily basis doesn't even comprehend to what the average Australian or the average American goes through. Although there is a bit of a downward decline sometimes in homelessness and drug use and all those sort of things, but we really have to understand that maximum growth happens anywhere, whether it's a society, whether it's a town, whether it's an organization, whether it's a business, whether it's an individual. It happens at the borderline of challenge and support. And so if you over-support someone, they become weak and codependent. And this is what's happening in our society right now where we live in a country that is so stress-free, really, that we have people that are creating their own stresses. They go to work and they go, I don't like the way the boss looked at me. You know, he should be fucking fired. And then now they create all this drama and shit on social media. If that was in a third world country where you couldn't eat, you didn't have a job and your family were starving to death if you didn't fucking work, you would not be on your phone complaining about your boss. You would be kissing your boss's ass that you've got a job that you can pay for food. So priorities shift and people shift and change depending on the amount of challenge and support. But what does this have to do with the learning for Jess this morning? Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials.
And what I said was that when she goes into meetings, she's over-supportive to staff. And because she's over-supportive and she doesn't like to upset anybody and she doesn't like to really push people or she doesn't like to say to people, hey, look, you have a job. I just need you to do your job. And it's not my job to do your job. And it's not my job to over-support you and do all this shit. So I would appreciate if you just get done what needs to be done. Then what's happening is she's been over-supporting some of the staff members. And then because of that, that weight comes back onto her shoulders because the responsibility has been delegated to her and she's not delegating that responsibility on. And so because of that, now that weight is on her shoulders. She's getting stressed out. She's getting burnt out and she's frustrated that the business isn't getting the results that she wants. She feels like she's going to cop the blame for the ineffectiveness of the staff by me, which is true because it's her job to get the stuff done. She's the CEO of the company. I'm the director. So, you know, I set the targets and she needs to go make them happen. And if staff are underperforming and they're not getting results done in the right timeframes and she's over supporting them, then that weight's going to fall on her shoulders. So she had a bit of a breakdown, expressed what was going on. I said, look, this is the perfect learning that when you do not put pressure onto others, the pressure will rest on your shoulders. Now, if you're a parent and you're consistently doing everything for your kids, then the pressure is going to rest on your shoulders and you're going to be over supporting the kids. They're going to become weak and they're going to become codependent. So when they get challenged, they're going to freak the fuck out and not know what to do because they don't have the strength to be able to hold up that weight of being challenged. And so this is very, very normal in society, whether it be parents with kids, whether it be leadership in organizations, whether it be management in organizations. I also know sometimes in our management meetings that People in the team are over supportive of each other. They tend to pretend that everything's great and everything's okay and the business is doing great and you know everyone's doing a great job and it's all this shit like positive, positive, positive thinking stuff. And I don't like that because what it does is it hinders growth of the organization. It hinders growth of the individuals. It hinders growth of the leadership. It hinders growth of the management and it also hinders financial growth, which then means that people don't get rewarded for the effort that they're putting in. And what you'll normally find is that you'll have some workers that are overworking in order to support those who are underproducing within a team. Great leadership and great management is about under understanding that if you over support people that aren't performing, the other people in the team who are your A-grade players that are overworking, they will eventually burn out and say, fuck you, I feel unappreciated here. No one's got my back. No one's looking after me. And you will lose your A-grade staff, but you'll keep the C-grade staff because they can get away with doing fuck all in your organization. And that's not fair for the hard workers. And the hard workers won't get paid what they want to be paid because their money is essentially being utilized to hire shit staff that are ineffective. Now, I'm using this at extremes, but I've been through this before where I used to work so hard and I'd put in so many hours and we had 16 staff at the time. And I remember walking out to the table. We work from home. I remember walking out to the dinner table and staff sitting around, fucking around. They get back, they're an hour or half an hour, 30 minutes to 60 minutes late. So they'd have a two hour lunch break or an hour and a half lunch break. They'd get back and then they'll be sitting at the table chatting and fucking around. And I'm massively behind on work. Yeah, I've just worked 14 days straight, putting in you know, 15, 16 hours a day. I'm burnt out and I'm tired. And then I'd walk out there and snap at them. And when I'd snap at them, they're like, what the fuck is his problem? Like, oh, we're working hard, but then they're not even working hard at all because they're not delivering deliverables and they're not on track and they're getting away with too much shit. What I realized is that you come back one minute late from lunch, come into my office and you pull that shit up straight away and you create the challenge right there and then because people in society will consistently push boundaries if you let them get away with it. And this shit has been happening for a long, long time in our society where certain groups Certain individuals keep pushing boundaries and they push and they push and they push until the other side go, hang on, fuck this shit. And they start pushing back. And then it creates all this chaos and fighting and all that. And you'll see this in minorities and majorities and all of this stuff. And it's because people are allowed to get away with things for too long before they get pulled up. We have been, especially in the last 10 to 20 years, we've been in an over-supportive society. Now, if someone breathes wrong, it's offensive, it's racist, it's sexist. You know, if someone looks at someone the wrong way, 
then that's traumatizing and all of this sort of stuff. And these labels are being used. Now, you may not see this, but it's happening quite a lot, especially in university systems. You know, people are easily offended right now. So we've got this cotton wool society where kids are being canoodled and coddled and all this and oversupported, so they become codependent. You know, we ran a job ad for a marketing manager. This was about four years ago for $120,000 a year. The majority of people who applied were people who were millennials who had either just finished school or were in university. And they're going, you know what? I think I'd like to start here. And I think this would be a good opportunity to figure out if I really want to do this or not. And this would be in their resume. They didn't even know what they wanted to do, yet they wanted to start at $120,000 a year. And this is their parents' fault because the parents are saying, you can do whatever you want. The parents overvalue the children. And so the children become overconfident. The problem with that, though, is that that confidence is a false confidence. Then they're going out to the workforce going, fuck, I can't get a job. And they're now going, well, I don't want to start at $40,000 a year. And I don't want to start at $50,000 a year. And I don't want to go to work to learn. I want to go to work to earn. I want a Ferrari by next year. And I should have a Ferrari and I should have this. And so then they become more demanding and all this sort of stuff. And so because they're losing jobs, then they start blaming everybody else for the reason why they can't get ahead. But it's because they've been oversupported. They don't know how to deal with challenge. They don't know how to push hard. Some of them are very lucky because they're at a time where we've just gone through a market cycle where the market has grown so much that businesses have expanded so quickly that they need staff. And so businesses are overpaying for staff in most cases. When that happens, you have people again who become cocky and arrogant and ignorant because they've been oversupported. But here's where the challenge is going to kick back in because as the economy starts to turn down and interest rates start going up, businesses are going to have to cut low-performing staff and overvalued staff in order to retain cash flow. And when they do that, you're going to have people that have been overpaid going out to the workforce saying, I think I'm worth $200,000 a year, when really that person only produces $100,000 a year maximum for the business. And so really, they might only be worth $50,000, $60,000 if you push it. But because they've been overpaid, oversupported, you know, given all the benefits, everything like that, because businesses had to do that because they were pushed up against the wall, those people are going to find it very hard to get jobs and they're going to have to reevaluate their value in the marketplace. And so that's going to cause a lot of mental and emotional conflict. It's going to fuck them up as well because if they've overcapitalized on their home, they bought bigger homes, they're living a certain lifestyle, they're going to have to have a lifestyle decrease, sell their home, downsize, all of that shit if they can't get a job for the same wage. Oversupported people tend to end up being bought back into balance anyway by the extreme challenges that they're going to get at some point else in the future. But this comes back to my learning as a business owner, and that is that if you oversupport staff, you will be the one who ends up with all the challenge and all the pressure on your shoulders to deliver and perform. And this is where I get a lot of business owners who come and see me and they go, Michael, I'm stressed all the time. I'm frustrated. I'm burnt out. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm fucking doing everything for everybody. When they walk in the door of their business, they resent all their staff because you've also got unfair value exchange creates the byproduct of resentment and guilt. You'll have guilt if you get given too much and you can't return it, as in can't return the value. And this is what happens when parents oversupport their kids and their kids feel like they can't give back to their parents. They will feel guilty. And then on the other hand, if you give too much to other people, you'll start to resent them. And so if you're a boss or you're a manager or a leader and you're taking on too much work and you see underperforming staff, when you see them, you'll go, you motherfucker. And you'll be resentful towards them because you know that you're pulling their weight. Okay, and you're not getting paid to do that. That's where frustration comes in and workplace conflict and all those sort of things and where people get really fucked off and irritated because they're pulling the weight of non-performers. Great leadership and great management and great parenting and great human behavior is making sure that people who are underperforming get pushed and challenged more to perform and step up. And also those who are overperforming and who are putting in too many hours and doing too much work 
need a bit more support and weight taken off of their shoulder. Should you do that, you'll have a great workplace and you'll have a business that has a culture of growth. If you keep allowing overperforming staff to keep overperforming, they will burn out, they will collapse, they will go, fuck this shit, I'm unappreciated here and they will leave. And you will only end up with C-grade staff. How do I know this? Because I've been through it. Anyway, I hope that helps Driven Mofos. Remember to get out there, keep taking on challenge, keep pushing yourself to grow, and I guarantee you will live an amazing life. And this is also why I don't promote an easy life or I don't promote an easy life where you're always supported and everyone gets along because that's not the great way of growth. The best way of growth is waking up in the morning and knowing what you would love to do in life and going and taking on that challenge of pushing yourself to achieve greater results because when you do that, you'll build your own self-worth and you will essentially create an easier life by taking on greater challenge versus most people don't want any challenge and want an easy life and you're not gonna get that. You're actually gonna create your own challenge by wanting everything easy all the time. And this is why those who tend to have the most weekends, public holidays, fucking partying all the time, they tend to live in a lot of financial challenge, a lot of financial stress, they can have relationship pressure, all of these challenges come up in order to force a person to grow because they're not growing themselves. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep kicking ass. I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm.